You are listening to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MSP Ignite. MSP Ignite offers a peer group experience that is unique to managed service providers in the technology industry. If you are serious about implementing a model for success through sharing and collaboration of best practices, this is the best way to do it. Head on over to msp-ignite.com to get more information. All right, on to the show. Welcome everybody to this episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Mike Stewart of Anchor Networks. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for having me. This week, we are talking about something that every MSP has probably spent way too much time putting a title or a label to. And so we hear terms like uh, account manager or VCIO or business success manager or customer service support specialist. I've heard as I'm sure you have, there's probably a hundred different labels for this. But one of the things that I think that we have failed to do in the MSP space is really articulate what it meant, go back four or five years, maybe a little longer. What does it mean to be a business success uh, specialist or whatever you want to call it, VCIO? What did it mean? And then thinking about, regardless of what that title is, what does it mean to have that role or function in a company today? And what what are the things that we need to worry about? So let's start with the background. And, and I picked you and asked that you do this, having spent a lot of years uh, in peer groups with Vince. Um, he, he was quick to put like, I got this person in this role and the, the cascading and, and the, the separation of responsibility so that you can really you know focus in on your job role and not get hung up on like, I got 90 million things I have to do and, and that ain't one of them, right? So, so walk me through, you've been with Anchor now, I don't know, t- uh, eight years? 11 years. 11 years. I knew it was somewhere between eight and 15, <laughs> but like, no, I didn't. I, so, yeah. so, so talk to me. I know I, I've known you long enough to know back when you started, I had been in peer group for a while with Vince. Um, and how, just kind of talk a little bit about how you came into the, you know, maybe your role a little bit, and then your experience with working with the the roles that sort of what we're talking about today, because you were interacting with them. I don't think you ever were one, were you? I was not, no. Okay, good. Um, and so then let's just walk through that. You you kind of give me some backstory on this, and then we'll help, sh- help the MSP audience that listens to this navigate going forward some of the new challenges and hopefully give them some, some tips and tricks to help them be more successful. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 11, 11 years ago, when I started with Anchor, uh, we really didn't have someone. We had we had Vince who who owned the company and was uh, he was the guy that that everyone went to if they had if they had an issue. Um, and it's evolved so many times since then. Uh, we've gone through um, different different titles. Uh, we've used BCIO, Client Success Manager, um, Client Engagement. Uh, the reality is that the the main focus that has held true throughout all these years is that they're the client advocate. They're the one that that's there to take care of the client um, 
through the different needs. And that's, that's, I think is the biggest, biggest challenge of someone in that role is client needs change all the time. Uh, think about two years ago, did clients have a need for, you know, uh, focusing on, on pandemics and, and what, what that looks like for their business. But that's where, that's who, that's who started the conversations with our clients was our, our client success managers of, Hey, you know, you need to think about, you know, security of what it looks like uh, for your staff going to work from home uh, mentality. Right. Um, and then, so just thinking through, through all the different years is where, where we focused year after year and what that, that role focused on for the clients always changes. Um, you know, staying more involved into the business, um, understanding their needs. Uh, that's been a big focus as well as it's not just, you, you have to understand not only the, the client themselves, but their industry uh, and finding people that are passionate about learning about MSPs. We're, we're responsible for just about every industry out there um, for their IT and, and needing to have a grasp of what that looks like. Well, so along those lines, I mean, every client, we, we like to say that we could standardize and we do when it comes to technology and sort of the speeds and feeds of what's kind of the underlying uh, solution stack that we put in there. But kind of to what you just said, each client's a snowflake, right? Whether it's because of vertical or because of geography or because of, you know, any number of things that can make them that snowflake. The role that we're describing is probably one of the least technical roles, but potentially the most technology aware roles, Absolutely. which makes it really, really hard. Like I was thinking about that. And like, if I was hiring somebody that had good customer service skills, uh, you know, good social, good communication skills. And, and then I ran into them at Best Buy and, and they were like walking me through like, oh, so you're looking for a laptop bag. How big is the laptop? I already know that we're on the right track, right? Like they're not like, oh, well, our laptop bags are in aisle three. They're, they're going one step further, right? Like, well, I know everybody in the organization has, you know, 13 inch MacBook Pros that, you know, like you're not just saying like, oh, well, laptop bags are easy. Here's a large one. It will fit all laptops because I got the largest size I could find. That's not the same thing as going, oh, um, well, what kind of, uh, well, I guess this even goes to that same kind of question. Like if we were talking about computers, like do they understand what applications are important? What's, what's the vertical? You don't have to be an application expert, but then it's like, okay, if I bring in someone internally, how are we navigating so that we ensure that success, right? That's been traditionally that, that role. So whether it was the CEO or whoever it was as the company is growing, you really were more about understanding business needs and, and business challenges, not what are their, um, what's it going to take to make the printer work in their office that, that we can figure those things out. Exactly. It's all about, it's all about uh, having, a, having a, a deep playing field of understanding who the, the client success managers, VCIOs, who they can go to for those types of resources. They're not going to have all the questions, but they got to know who to go to, to get those, get the answers um, that the clients are looking for, whether it's technology, whether it's uh, industry trends of, of being involved in so many different avenues um, in, in peer groups and in, uh, you know, uh, commerce in, in different types of areas so that they can, they can find those answers. Um, right. So you, that. you answered like multiple questions all at once. So like, I think about like an MSP who's got one to three employees, maybe they've got 10. 
to what you just said, largely it's going to be important for them to have involvement in peer groups and, and other areas to capture that information or to have go-tos for, hey, this is my go-to person for VMware or server, whatever. You could, you could yeah. probably make a list of who your go-to people are. Obviously, as your company grows, it doesn't necessarily change your need for those external resources, but it definitely reduces the reliance on them because you've got that in-house uh, resource which this is kind of a good segue to sort of shift gears. You know, we, if we look back over the last 20 years, the, the labeled roles that we're talking about, uh, business success manager, you name it, has all really revolved around keeping that business lights on, the, the doors open, specifically around their productivity efficiency and the ability to bring in revenue, right? But you look like last 10 years or even last five years, and, and suddenly we have all of these other variables. Now, these variables existed before, but they weren't necessarily as uh, risky or, or likely to happen today that they were 10 years ago, right? Like MSPs could say, hey, we put AV on your computer. We do the basics. You got a firewall. Oh, oh, we check the boxes. By and large, you probably were relatively safe because of that structure being put in place. Today, almost all of that is, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but it doesn't have the same uh, warm fuzzy anymore that it did 10 years ago. And so now the resources that were responsible for keeping the lights on and helping someone make sure they can print is now having to worry about things like print nightmare or uh, as the customer success manager, right? So what have you seen like at Anchor or just kind of in general, when you look across the industry, how do you prepare for that? Because I think this is getting into the arena. Like if I look at my path, I focused on security out of the gate because I loved it. I know that I'm, you know, a, a rare exception. You know, most people that are in my shoes, if I focused on security, I went to the MSSP world, not stay in the MSP space and try to, you know, put security services and layer them in. You know, what have you seen? Because I think talking about security isn't the same level of like we were describing going to Best Buy and trying to get a laptop bag. This is a whole different ballgame. It absolutely is. And the, the reality is that the security is so vast in, in, in so many different areas. And, and it is, it needs to be customized for every, every single client, um, you know, depending on how they work and the types of, of you know, services they offer and, and what line of businesses. So, uh, I mean, Can I pause you for a second? I want a clarification yeah. here. So when you say customize, in my head, I think customization is probably the worst way to describe it. And, and the reason why I say that is, we're all talking about buying, let's just say it's suits, right? But every one of us is a different size. So we have to get, if we're going to buy a suit and we're not having built from scratch, we still all have to go to a tailor to get it adjusted to fit our current, you know, like body shape, size, you name it. Is it more tailoring than it is customization? It, it is. So yeah, it, it's tailoring and it, it's, you know, it's a two-piece suit compared to a five-piece suit, sure. uh, depending on the event that you're going to. And that, that's a great way to look at it is, you know, some people are going to need those those five five pieces. Some are only going to need the three pieces. Um, and and diving down that avenue of, of how many layers do, does this does this potential client need um, to, to make sure that they're covered not only on protected for their business, but then what other, you know, compliances they're required to have. 
um, is going to determine that. So again, yeah, customization is not so much about like, oh, this, this client's going to get this type of AV and this client's going to get that type of AV because they just happen to like it. Right. Um, but it's the, it's the layered approaches. There's, I mean, you could put layers upon layers uh, when it comes to security. So as, as a security expert, it's easy to talk about, you know, we're putting in EDR and we're putting in AV and we're doing firewall configuration a certain way and we're ingesting logs and we've just gotten really far down a rabbit hole on talking about security itself. But I don't think that's an expectation or a realistic expectation of what was traditionally called VCIO, business success manager. So how do you help that role you know, navigate into it's 2022, what's the language, the jargon, the educational pieces that they both have to ingest internally and then reflect out to the client base that they're supporting? That's a loaded question. I'm sorry. That was like a really big question with like a lot of stuff in it, but like... It was. Um, and I think that the important, like you said, is, yeah, 10 years ago, this was not a, a focus. Focus was, you know, how can we make sure you're happy with getting your ticket resolved? Right. Um, but but now it's, it's more it's, faster, right? Yeah. Um, but now it's, I mean, for, for businesses to have cyber insurance, they have to have these these policies in place. Um, so it's becoming more of a requirement. Um, and that's, I think, the the biggest uh, piece that, that client success VCIOs need to understand is that um, knowing that one these is is understanding what what what's happening in the industry um you know uh, security uh cyber crime is all all coming up so so fast um and that needs to be the focus um and then they have to get get after it uh again the the two-man shops that can you know doing client success that that is also responsible for completing tickets uh, is is going right. to be tough for for larger organizations that have these these requirements. Um, and again, what it's going to look like two years from now is going to be vastly different. Um, and that's where growing out the the that department, uh, the client success department, and those types of roles of separating it out of creating more um, becomes so much more uh, important and such a vital like honestly selling piece to to potential clients. Um, of we have your back. We are we are constantly learning and and absorbing new information and presenting it to you, uh, so that you guys can make educated decisions on on where your company needs to go with technology and security. So let's talk about cyber insurance for a minute. I had a loaded question get asked to me. Uh, I don't remember if it was this morning or if it was yesterday, but it was it was recent, and the question was from a client to basically their customer success manager, which then in turn came to me. And, and the question was, uh, so the insurance policy of $1 million has a annual cost associated with it of $3,500. Is that too much to spend? Is that realistic? What does that mean? And so the question I asked was, well, what, what are we protecting? Like, I didn't know who the client was at this point. He's like, well, it's this uh, small municipal entity. They have five computers. So like five computers, it seems like this is a lot of money for five computers. I said, well, who said anything? Who said cyber insurance was about number of devices? Yeah. I said, I would look at, you know, they're a government entity and was asking some questions like that. And I, and as I was thinking about it, I'm like, if you're the customer service success person, is that the kind of information you should already have kind of a grasp of? Or is that something that you should be able to just go, hey, I don't have the answer for that, but let me go get it for you. Yeah, and I, th I think that absolutely is the right answer is, is we've, we've, 
we've become the society of we need an instant response. We need the answer right now. Google um, works but, for us, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, but we need to be able to find those answers. Uh, and then we, again, like I said, we have all these resources out there. We can't be afraid. Our client success managers can't be afraid to say, let me find out for you. Let me get back to you um, as well as not make their, not make it an emergency is let me get back to you by end of week. Um, they don't have to drop what they're doing, especially with some of those questions. Um, and that's where the education to the clients is, is important too. Of don't wait, don't wait, don't hold on to your cyber insurance, uh, cyber insurance uh, uh, document for a month and then give it to me two days before it's due. Right. Give it to me the second you get it so that we can work through some of these. Yeah. And I would say the flip side of that too, is uh, don't fill out a cyber insurance questionnaire and then expect it to be a get out of jail free card. Yep. Like there, there's so much more to it than that. It, it reminds me of this whole balancing act between what my responsibilities as your customer service success manager are and my responsibilities to the company that I work for. Right. So like, it's really easy. I mean, we see this all the time in other industries. Like I sold this, we got to deliver this. And we're like, but that really is a bad idea because it breaks this, this, and this with regards to security. And it's like, yeah, but I sold it to them. It's like, uh, well, that, that's probably not good. So, you know, one of the things that I think I haven't shared this before on any of the podcasts that it was, it was based on a conversation I had with Steve Alexander. And it's like, what do you have as part of your peer group? So like I was thinking about with MSP Ignite and Secure Outcomes, the program, the challenges that a, a you know, customer service success person or VCIO, whatever you want to call it, uh, you, you get into this like, well, who do I really, who can I really go to that's not necessarily one person, maybe it's a team, maybe it's a large group that's like a pool of resources that can help me navigate things like cyber insurance. It's not your peer group. But you have access to it. You and I are part of what members of the peer groups have access to. And that's like this cybersecurity leadership team that isn't necessarily made up of super experts per se, but it's a shared knowledge pool of resources that I would argue at this point, the collection of our, our eight members on the advisory council for secure outcomes, there hasn't been a ton of stuff that we're like, never seen that before. Mm. But two years ago, I'd have said, never seen that before. So talk to me about your experience, not so much with MSP Ignite per se. I, I don't want to deviate into peer group land as much as I was just thinking about like, what have you seen with your own, I'm going to just say VCIO because I keep throwing out random yeah. acronyms and I got to like <laughs> think through what does the second letter stand for? So I say it right. Like, have you seen a pattern shift like with your own VCIO where it's like, you can see that they obviously are changing their tactics and approach to client success as a result of better understanding of cybersecurity or a confidence. And because I have this team, I'm not afraid to tell the client I'll get back to them, or I'm not afraid of having the right answer right away kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think a part of it's too, is, is it's the experience and whether it's experience within your own organization, experience from other peers, um, experience from, from other groups. Um, it's, it's understanding, like I've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're going to go through. The first time we saw a, a cybersecurity questionnaire, uh, my guys were afraid of it. Like, right. I don't want to answer this. I'm not, 
I, I don't think it's a hundred percent yes or a hundred percent no. Like, can I, can I, you know, pencil it in now, now they breeze through them uh, with no issues. They understand exactly what they're looking for, what they're understanding. So it's that experience piece that be, has really changed. And the more, the more an MSP grows and, and matures, the more experienced uh, BCIOs that they get in, inside of that organization, it's, it's less, less scary for them to present something to them. Um, you know, we've, we've always held our hat high on our client success managers, our BCIOs are not going to sell to you. That was two years ago. Cyber, uh, cybersecurity has really changed that mindset of we don't want to sell to you, but we have to. Uh, we're not trying to upsell every time we, we sure. you know, have a conversation to you. And that's where multiple conversations, why we meet with them quarterly or monthly with some of the larger clients become so important. So it doesn't feel like every time you meet with them, you're asking for more money, but you're building in that like, hey, you know, th- times have changed. You're going to need to protect yourself. And unfortunately, that's going to cost. Yeah, I think so. I have uh, an MSSP that I, I do some work with that likes to use the phrase quarterly service review instead of quarterly business review. They are in fact, more or less the same thing. But the idea is when I say QBR, you think sales, I say QSR, you think accountability, or at least that's the idea. I think that might've been true four or five years ago. I think today it's like, I'm not here as your VCSO or your VCIO to do a slide deck and create a sales presentation with proposal, you know, quote stuff that you may not understand. My real responsibility is to make sure that if there are things that you have gaps on, I'm educating you enough so that you understand that should you move forward in filling that gap, there's a cost associated with it. I'm not trying to sell you on something just because I want you to buy from me. And, And their role, I think this is one that I think is an often misconception, especially when you get into the security side, you are their advocate. You are their guide. You are telling them, dictating to them what they need to do. Not, hey, if you want to do some research, here's options A, B, or C. Let me know what you would like to do. And they come back with like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't understand options A, B, or C. I thought we hired you to tell me what options. And because you didn't, we found this third party over here and they have no problem telling me to pick A. Yeah, we've, we've even had a client tell us that is if you're recommending it, tell us we need to do this and we will do it. If you say this is something maybe you should do, then we're probably not going to do it. You're going to do it. Um, so it's it's having that that firm message of you need to do this. I mean, we've even put out now that if for especially around security and, and certain areas, if the, if the client's not wanting to do it, we have a sign off form for them. They need to sign off saying that they they're acknowledging the risk to their business by not taking our recommendation and what we're telling them they need to do. So along those lines, I'm going back to the, we'll just say VCIO again, because that, that's easy for me. What, what role has your VCIO or VCIOs plural in the past? What has their function been when they're talking about the understanding of risk and compliance with your client base? Do you, do you have that as part of that? Like, Hey, Mike, this client that we're talking to, that there's a unique opportunity that's on the table. Here's some risks that we've seen based on industry, current state of infrastructure. Like, is that on your VCIO's plate? Or is that something that you kind of have, like you support and help them navigate that before they ever work with client? 
historically, that's been something that that clients come to us uh, with either in the sales pitch or once we've actually onboarded them, uh, they get brought to them of, hey, we need to be compliant in PCI. Uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll ask us to get involved. Um, and historically, that's been the, a reactive sure. mentality for us. Um, moving forward, it needs to be proactive. It needs to understand like these types of industries are going to have these types of risks um, and, and presenting those to the client before they present it to us. Uh, getting ahead of those, I mean, it just shows that that we're the you know the the slang trusted partner um, yeah. that we're we're looking out for them, um, and it's true, it, it is absolutely, and that's where that maturity comes back into play. Is uh, you've got to have the dedicated resources to be on top of those those industry trends and and staying up, staying up to date and having those regular conversations. Well, so you just you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, it's with regards to client coming to you like, Hey, we've got PCI or we got to do a SOC two or pH health, you know, HIPAA compliance, you know, those are all very much risks that are assumed because of industry, right? They're, they're not necessarily risks that are unique or specific to their actual business themselves. Like, Hey, you're, you're the number two ophthalmology practice in your geography. What happens if you don't go after to become number one? Do you become number three or number four as a result of that? And so then you start asking questions like, okay, if we lock you down to this level, you're probably going to reduce your growth of being able to target new acquisitions by, let's just say it's 20%. Like we can't do that. And you're looking at the numbers going, but from a security and risk to my organization, then we aren't working together. Do you have that kind of dialogue internally where it's like, we know where you need to get, we know how quickly you're growing right now. Do you allow an onboard of a client that it needs to be slowed down to fix things and maybe lose out on opportunity to get them to a compliant state? Or do you say, hey, we're willing to come alongside and we'll be aggressive and kind of help you get secured and compliant in parallel? Uh, again, comes back to almost a, another client's uh, story of like at one point, at one point told us, don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what it's going to cost to do it. Um, and that's what, you know, that, that's the mentality we would take. We haven't been in that type of situation, but that's the mentality we would take. If, if a client needs to grow 100% um, in, in a year and they need our help to do it um, and we need to take their bill up or, or whatever it is, we would look at those options and give them like, yeah, we, we can do it. Here's the cost that's associated with it. Um, right back to it again. Uh, again, that was some of the best advice that we ever got is never tell a client that you can't do it, tell them what it's going to cost to do it, and then give them other options. Right. I think that's a really good segue as we get as we look to wrap this up is that one of the things that we had from before was this idea, you, you really could get into option selling, right? So you could be Google or 365, right? Google Workspace or 365. They're really the same thing in, in, in the function, right? You know, form is obviously quite different, but at the end of the day, that's up to the client and it doesn't hurt so much one way or the other, which direction they go, even if the costs are different, right? Like those are not and you could go all day long and have you maybe you do want to get into like option based on what you do. You're kind of giving some guidance, but you don't want to tell them because you don't want to be wrong about their productivity. You're, you're not working in that organization. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to the security side of things, you're the expert. There is no like, well, in our industry, we like to do the following things. This isn't what you want. This isn't a feeling space, right? Like 
how you like 365 or how you like Google Workspace, those are feelings. In some cases, very emotional feelings, right? Like, oh, I would never use that product. I would never drive GM. I only drive Ford, right? That's, that's the world of what we came from. And now we're in a space that says, you will drive, fill in the blank. Tesla, or I don't care what it is, right? You, you're dictating the terms because you're responsible for one thing and one thing only on top of, well, above the productivity efficiency stuff that you already signed off on. You're saying we are going to secure you. We are proactively going to protect your environment so that in the event something bad happens, we're reducing the post-boom impact, right? Like that's the bottom line. So we don't have to be in the optional space. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned recently as, as, a, as a security advisor, uh, obviously you didn't just know this yesterday. It's maybe you've known it long, you've obviously known it longer than I have, but being responsible for dictating terms to a prospect or existing client on where they need to go and what they need to do is significantly different than the world we were in before where it's like, this is the bronze, silver, gold, platinum, uranium packages, yeah. right? We can't Absolutely. do that anymore. No, no. And it, it is yeah, exactly like you said, is, is in certain areas, it is, it's taking out the, the, this, you like what it feels like to, this is what you need to be productive. This is what you need to be secured and uh, diving down that route. We all define cold and hot the same way, right? In degrees of temperature. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then about the only thing you can do when you start talking about security, it's like, if you go too far this way, you're in the it's freezing and it is cold and that is not good. And the flip side of that is if we go too far in the hot direction, it doesn't feel very good either. So it's finding that middle ground and making a recommendation and saying, this is what you have to do. So you don't end up in either of those two extremes. Yeah. So Mike, do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, we've really spent a good half an hour talking about what was traditional VCIO or fill in the blank acronym fast forward to because of events that have happened over the last five to 10 years in the cybersecurity space, the new roles and responsibilities of that same person or team, any closing remarks that you want to make sure that our audience hears? I think one of the, one of the, you know, important things that, that client success VCIO members do is they have, they have to believe in themselves. Uh, whatever they're, whatever they're talking to the client about, they have to believe it and have passion um, I think passion is the best word there. It's have like the it. passion, passion for um, for what they're what they're what they're preaching, what they're telling the client they need to do. Because uh, if they don't buy into it, if they're like, "Yeah, you probably should get some backup because it right. might be good," it's they're not they're not going to buy into it. If, but selling it of what would you do if you lost all your data tomorrow? Um, this this has saved numerous clients of ours. Um, and and going down that route is having that passion of what you're selling and what you're telling the. the the clients. Um, that role is absolutely about that passion. Well, your passion is tied to relationship, right? Like you can't be passionate about something in the level of role of VCIO or VCSO or whatever you want to call it. If, you, if you're passionate about it, I, I would argue that you're probably well liked by the client. I used to think you ever get on a call with a client and the first 15 minutes of the call, they really just want to talk like about the, the game and all like my kids did this. Hey, what did you do for the weekend? I used to get really frustrated when that became like really consistently like the first 15 minutes. I just didn't like that. I wanted to get the work out of the way. And then if there's time left, we can have that conversation. And funny enough, we started baking into our meeting agendas. We put it at the end, like open discussion and dialogue. 
And nine out of 10 times, it cut it in half because they had stuff to get to. Yeah. Or we ran out of time in what was allotted for the scope that we had originally, but it wasn't so much that we couldn't pick up where we left off at our next meeting. Like we didn't lose too much ground and go, well, that was a wasted meeting. But I also know that there's that balance because if you don't have passion for them as individuals or that relationship building, ultimately they're going to find somebody else because you've made it about a numbers game, whether you protect them or not. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. And then funny, funny you said that because that's exactly what we do is we, it's, it's the first, first couple minutes that we talk about is how they're doing, what's going on in their life is not, not business at all. We, we don't kick these meetings off with business talk. It, it's that relationship building. Um, you know, a saying that we, we talk to our potential uh, new employees all the time is, you know, the biggest success that a manager will have is walking into a room and can't tell if you're on the phone with a, uh, with a, uh, friend or if you're on a phone with one of our clients and that's the uh, way it should be and that and absolutely yeah with with client success 100 of the time do you believe in lumpy mailers like when i say lumpy mailer like i think about when vendors onboard us and you get like a backpack or like a yeti um, in the mail and i got to thinking about that and i'm like at when i had my msp the handful of times that i really did it i waited on the client to have that emotional or, or passionate connection with us as their MSP before we would go down that path. And in hindsight, I'm like, but wasn't me getting them as a client? Shouldn't that have been the trigger? That's like, wow, they want to work with us. How do we show them that we care about them? Whether it was like a, you know, bottom lunch or, and so I, I know that near the end of our, our company being before we sold, we did spend more time with like taking clients to lunch. Uh, we did do that, but I'm like, that actually was kind of expensive. And while it does show meaningful, like to them, maybe, but we realized like, Hey, the swag bag was way more enticing. They're like, Oh, look, we can pass these out to the employees and it's mouse pads with, with their logo on it. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The swag bag was something we've always, you know, shock and awe, I think is a, is a term that gets thrown around. Um, but it makes those, you those, feel good. Are, it does. And I mean, even taking it to, to beyond just the, the introduction, I mean, we, we've, we've talked about like uh, projects, uh, doing something special for projects. I mean, I've heard, uh, you know, some MSPs will even bring in like a massage person so that when they're changing out computers or working on each person, it's, hey, go get a 15 minute massage. Let me do yeah. your work on your computer. And nice. it's those little things that, that you know, set that, that impression. Absolutely. Um, and again, that's all, that's all presented by, by our client success team. Well, Mike, I, I really appreciate your time. We are at the end of the episode. For those of you listening, this has been an episode of MSP 1337. Thanks and have a great week.